Hey, Kim here. Quick update before you dive into this episode. We've changed the name of our podcast to Rooted in Tomorrow. It's a nod to our shared history and the bright future of our cooperative system. So if you get later in the series to our 22nd episode, you'll notice the change. But most importantly, it won't affect you as a listener or a subscriber. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. I think more than anything, uh, that the thing farmers don't do is they don't think of themselves as providing this noble uh, service to our country. I think that's it, and it really is. I looked up uh, George Washington had a quote that said, "Agriculture is the most healthful, most useful, and most noble employment of man." the work that you do. What makes it meaningful? Is it the results? Or is it the process? Or is it the promise of something greater? Being a cooperative means we're in this together to build a sustainable future and feed human progress. This is Something Greater, a podcast by Lando Lakes, Inc. I'm Kim Olson. Follow along with us as we bring you the stories and voices that impact our shared community. Nineteen twenty one, the founding of Land O'Lakes. Three hundred and twenty dairy farmers first came together in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's a tale of farming folklore, really, but the foundations of who we are. For those farmers, it wasn't just about their small group, but the greater good, helping members be engaged and get a fair price for their products around the country. We've certainly evolved since then, but our commitment to member owners has not changed as we work together to feed human progress. Today, as we endure challenges in the ag industry and continue to evolve as a company, that partnership with our members has really never been more important. Today, one of those member owners and our board chairman, Pete Kappelman, is joining us, fresh off of being named Dairyman of the Year at World Dairy Expo, and as he prepares to pass the torch to a new chairman at the annual meeting in February. Peter, I feel like I have a celebrity in the house. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Um, let, let's talk about that Dairyman of the Year uh, honor. That was really um, quite something. I'm wondering, do you get a trophy for that or a plaque? Well, there actually was a big plaque awarded. Really? And actually, uh, every year they're signed by the President of the United States. So it's wow. Um, it's it's not hanging anywhere. It's in a it's on a shelf with a bunch of other plaques that I haven't had time to hang up yet. But. <laughs> Too busy. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, there's uh, first of all, the cows don't really care that yes. I was Dairyman of the Year because they still <laughs> happen to do their stuff to me or kick at me or what have you. But um, And, uh, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done. The milk prices are still way too low. and Yeah. Well, and tell me about that. Um, we a lot of our listeners might know not know as much about your operation, and like our um, a lot of our member owners, you're a fourth generation farmer, and your grandfather bought the land in 1891 in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Um, 
what uh, what got you into farming? What keeps you in it? Tell me a little bit about uh, about your day to day and your operation. Well, I, I so I graduated from the University of Wisconsin Madison, got a degree in dairy science and uh, uh, specialization in ag economics, and uh, I really, as much as um, the thought of maybe graduate school or something was appealing to me because I enjoyed learning. I do enjoy learning, but um, it was really the call of the the land and the farm, and uh, and my father calling <laughs> saying, hey, "We want you guys to come back." And yeah. and uh, so, but I I find uh, um, farming very rewarding and and in a lot of ways it's fascinating. I mean that you can put a one seed in the ground, and along with the right the right nutrients and the right care package and then let the sun and the rain do their work and uh you get a hundred hundred more than a hundred fold return on that yeah. investment and so it, it really in watching a new calf being born or something like that it's it is very fascinating um i think more than anything uh that the thing farmers don't do is they don't think of themselves as providing this noble uh, service to our yeah. country yeah and um, I think that's it, and it really is. Um, I know um, I looked up. Uh, George Washington had a quote that said, "Agriculture is the most healthful, most useful, and most noble employment of man." Hmm. Now that was 250 years Still ago. Still true today. Still true today. So, Pete, tell me a little bit more about uh, about your family and about the operation. I know it's a um, a family farm, and um, if I'm not mistaken, there's a new member of the uh, Kappelman family. Yeah, we we uh, have a new granddaughter two weeks ago, and uh, so she is the second child of our oldest daughter, Bethany. And uh, our, we also have our son Mitchell at home on the farm, and our youngest daughter Erin has also made the decision to join the farm along with her husband. Wow! So we have, and they have an eight-month-old. So, oh my goodness! So um, you started young the, at the Kappelman Farms. I'm the fourth generation <laughs> on our on our farmstead, and so now we have five and six um, out there on the same ground. And and I, you know, it was interesting. And we're milking about 500 cows right now. And, cropping about 1,100 acres. And a few years ago, I had the opportunity to buy back um, the original 40 acres mm-hmm. that my, my great-grandfather started with. And I had my grandson in the disc bind with me cutting hay on that wow. same ground. So Wow. That was fun. Yeah. I, and clearly, generation after generation is valuing... Um, farming as a uh, as a lifestyle in many ways it is and and for a lot of, for a long time we preached how how farming should be treated as a business which it has to yeah but it is there's no way to separate it from your lifestyle i mean you're you're constantly your mind doesn't leave you might leave the farm but your mind doesn't leave the farm right yeah. so it is and it's a it's a lifestyle that um that is uh, rewarding, and and the our kids are excited about raising their kids on the farm. Do you think it's a calling? I think it is. Yes, definitely. It's not just a profession. If you treat it just as a profession, you probably won't be real successful at it. Um, now, you've had a lot of involvement not only with Land of Lakes but with other organizations, served on several boards, including Heifer International, National Milk Producers Federation, International Trade Committee. When do you have time to <laughs> time to run the farm, Pete? Yeah, uh, it's, 
it's a rush, right? It's yeah. from going running from one place to the next. Well, tell me about um, your involvement in those boards and, and with the Land O'Lakes board. Um, what drives the commitment uh, really to the industry, not just to, um, not just to your own operation? Well, first of all, I was incredibly shy growing up, like painfully shy. Yeah. And I realized that somewhere towards the end of my high school career that I could watch the world go by or I could participate. And um, th- one person can never do everything, right? One of us is never good enough to do everything. But it takes a lot of individuals or it takes a few individuals to accomplish amazing things. And you have to just, I realized early on that if I participated and I learned and I raised my hand and got engaged that you, one person can make a difference. And, um, it's, it's been, um, it's been rewarding and it's been exciting because the world is run by those who show up in the morning. Wow. And that's literally true. Yeah. <laughs> some people in the very decide, early morning some for people some decide of you. not to not to participate and, and yeah. just complain. And there's opportunity for those who want to engage. Well, and I, I think part of that um, engagement that, that you have has certainly benefited us here at Land O'Lakes. Um, we have a uh, cooperative model and we're we're co op proud. We have four thousand members. Uh, half of whom are, are dairy farmers, half of whom are retail owners. Um, talk to me about that model. Why is that uh, beneficial, um, do you think, or, or powerful for you and for our members? Well, first of all, none of us is as smart as all of us, right? So there's there's the benefit of working together because we can accomplish more together than individual we ever could. But we have a very unique opportunity in agriculture. We have, with our cooperative system, the producers, the local co-ops, our manufacturing, our processing, our marketing, we have shared ownership and governance of an industry that is essential to the existence of humankind. Farmers don't think about it that way. And right now, uh, it's like 98.5%. Let's just round it up to 99% of America trusts the 1% or 1.5% that's producing food right. to produce that food for them. Yep. And sometimes we don't always feel that trust because we feel like we're under a microscope. We have to justify everything <laughs> we do. And we should be explaining what we do. Yeah. But um, we're so confident that what we're doing is the right thing that that's all we should have to do is explain and, and talk to consumers about what we're doing and why we're doing it and how we're doing it. Uh, we've talked about uh, telling the farmer's story and how um, it's, it's, like you were saying, so many of uh, our, our members are just inherently humble. And that's a hard thing when you have gone from 25% of the population touching farming now to about 1%. Um, it's important that farmers get out there and talk about what they do and how they do it. And I know you've been doing a little bit of that. Um, can you talk about your experiences there and telling the story and how, when you do go out and tell it, how that's being met by, uh, by public and um, media and government? 
Um, yeah, that, I've had I've had the opportunity for this shy farm kid to go out and <laughs> and uh, just this fall. Um, of course, I was involved with National Milk Producers uh, Federation Board representing Land O'Lakes, and have always been on the trade committee, and right. and I've been an officer for twenty years. And um, so when when all this activity around tariffs and trade bubbled up this year, I was very engaged and very involved. And they were a lot of people were looking for a farmer's point of view, and uh, they asked if if I would would speak on behalf of dairy farmers. And and of course the answer has to be yes, because then at least I can make sure that that our, the story is told the way. I think it should be told, and, of course. and it, it it is uh, a little bit uh, a little bit nerve wracking for uh, to you know I would ended up being live on Fox and Friends and did a, a live NPR interview for an hour and and it's uh, a long time <laughs> it, it is but when you're having a conversation and when you don't have to try and remember what you said because you're just talking yeah. you're just speaking from your heart then it's a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know that uh, Land O'Lakes has certainly benefited from uh, our members going out and telling telling their stories. Um, but members can be involved in uh, other ways, locally, regionally, nationally, internationally. Um, what would you say, Pete, to a younger farmer kind of looking to get more involved? Um, I would say not only I, – I'd like to refer back to my statement about how cooperatives in agriculture – Cooperatives have the ability to influence and, and, in some ways, control the outcome, how the story is told, and what, what, um, how people. We can't control how people receive it, but we can control the messages being sent. And I, I think it's really valuable for people to see the opportunity. And and you might even, I might even expand the word opportunity to obligation to engage and participate and learn and grow and lead because all the leaders we have in the cooperative system now are getting a year older every year. So, so, and we absolutely need millennials telling the story to other millennials. And so it is, it is critical and people will, people will be hesitant and say, well, I don't, I'm not as experienced or I'm not as and, – and that doesn't matter because that's how you get the experience. Yeah, and, and I think also I've seen um, – you've championed some ways that we've uh, tried to get our younger members more equipped for, uh, for a deeper engagement. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, leader development programs and um, elected leadership, how that works a little bit? Sure. I, um, my wife and I got involved – uh, we actually got our feet wet in in leadership, I guess you'd say, through uh, farm bureau programs, and uh-huh. then and then my dad kept uh, asking, "Well, you know, you're getting involved in these and very good programs, you know, like discussion meet and programs that help you yeah. learn how to um, uh, present publicly and and justify your arguments and that sort of thing." Yeah. And then I said, "Well, I'd like to run." I get involved in Land O'Lakes, but I said I'd have to run against you since <laughs> you're you're my elected representative. <laughs> so then he, he eventually he because he served actually um, 26 years on the um, Lake to Lake Board, which was a, a yeah. merger partner of Land O'Lakes. 
Wow. And so then, almost 50 years. Yeah. 26 together, for him and 20 for you. Together we've had 49 years of, yeah. of uh, board experience for that's the amazing. Land O'Lakes system. Yeah, that's amazing. So I think it is, it's important uh, for young people to get involved. And when, when you get asked, will you come up to the annual meeting and, and get involved in our leadership development program, um, it, you may not be positively uh, uh, enthusiastic about the idea, but if you're at all interested You've got to say, yes, I want to learn more. And it's the right fit for some people. Yeah. And, and it can literally change people's lives when they get engaged and get involved and they feel confidence in what they're doing and, and grow in their abilities. Well, I hope we have a next generation Pete Kappelman out there. That, uh, that would be amazing. Um, so talk to me about what's next. We've talked a little bit uh, on this podcast about times being um, tough in agriculture right now. Um, you know, it's a different market environment for uh, co-ops and companies like Land O'Lakes. Um, what's your hope for the future? As you know, as a board director, you've worked uh, with um, three CEOs, if you include uh, Pete Jansen, our interim CEO. Um, Actually, that makes four. Makes four. Jack One, two, three, four, and Jack Gerdy. <laughs> That's right. And, and now Beth Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, you've been through the ups and downs. Um, what's what's your hope for Land O'Lakes' future? Well, I realize as a farmer, um, most days of the month, 25 days out of the month, I'm yeah. still at home farming. And um, I realize that profitability and cash flow are a real challenge right now. It's been the fourth down year for dairy and probably the fifth or sixth down year for for crop producers, for corn and soy producers. And, um, but, you know, and and this is, um, I think a word of encouragement because sometimes there's, there's, if we're not careful, fear, exasperation, anger, sometimes that the situation will us down. And what, what we have to realize is that through time, change has always been the one constant it's the one thing we could always rely on that would be change well okay so what's changing so fast now well it's because i think change is is accelerating at an increasing rate if that makes sense but um there is so much going on with technology and sensors and data and the ability to um to manage things that that's allowing higher higher yields, whether it's greater milk per cow or, or more yield per acre. But it's also important for us to realize that um, as technology and communication, climate change um, affect the environment that we produce in, um, they also, those things also give us the ability to, through, as producers, and through the cooperative system to give consumers what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And um, they're, they're looking primarily for an identify, to identify with their producer and know more about how their food is produced. Yeah. So I think the, you know, even though technology is accelerating this productivity, which right now we're, you know, it's all supply and demand driven, right? But we will, there will be things that change. Commodities go up, commodities go down. But the use of technology, the use of blockchain technology or what have you, will allow consumers to follow, trace, identify, and connect with the farmer. Yeah. And we have to make sure as a 
organization, as a cooperative, that we're on the leading edge of that and that we can help producers make that connection. And you feel like we're making um, the steps, the moves uh, that are necessary to, to get to that place? Oh, I, I absolutely do. Um, yeah, there's uh, the, the changes we're looking that we've been facilitating in the boardroom that will become more and more apparent in the marketplace. We still have to, as we evolve technologies and programs for co-ops and producers to engage in, um, they still have to look at them, evaluate them, and then decide, okay, this is right for me. So there is, there's always a little bit of a time lag. Yes. And it, it, uh, I'm confident that where we're at right now will get us to where we exactly need to be. And um, that's, that's um, really important for us going forward. I mean, it, it, we absolutely have to lead that conversation. Because if you go back, whatever, it's been 97, 98 years now? Yeah, 1921. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be 98 years in, in a few months here. Um, that's how we came together. We came together because we felt there was a reason of value in, in creating this producer-owned organization. Um, we've made a lot of progress through the years by keeping together because 98 years is a long time for an organization oh, to remain viable, right? Yeah. Um, but by working together in the future is how we're going to define our success. And and uh, I like where we're headed right now. Um, is, is it is it um, easy to get anxious or concerned about? Are we stepping the right direction? Sure, it is. That's because we yeah. can't predict. We can't predict exactly what's going to happen, <laughs> but we see what's happening and we're responding to it. So I feel good about that. Um, as you know, the uh, the title of our uh, podcast is Something Greater, and we've been asking guests, what does something greater mean to you? You know, I think um, Land O'Lakes has... Um, does offer something greater to its to its members, to its employees, and and to the consumers, that our end users, and it's um, it's it's involved in a lot of things. Right? We have, for instance, um, our work with the foundation that we work where we work in local communities, um, supporting helping build local communities. Our work with international development, and I've been to. Africa four times with international development, working yeah. with farmers. People in Af- farmers in Africa don't see Land O'Lakes as in the same light that our consumers. They, they don't see it as a consumer mm-hmm. co-op. They see it as, a, as an organization that helps them because they don't have many places to turn to for expert help. Yeah. And we're facilitating change and, and helping people around the globe. And that's, um, that's something greater. And, and then I, I, along with, uh, I think, the rest of the board, we're making decisions based uh, not just for our farmer, farming operations, but for our future. Yeah. A lot of us have kids on the farm, um, the next generation there, or sometimes even the generation after that <laughs> coming along. And uh, we're building and growing something together for the future. And uh, so it's, it's about the past. It's about what we've done. And, and there's a, a big, wide bright future together i would be remiss
remiss if I didn't say that uh, your leadership over the last 20 years has uh, has not been um, without a tremendous amount of effort and a tremendous amount of achievement. And that's certainly uh, something greater for us. So Pete Kappelman, I want to thank you for taking the time and joining us. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again. Certainly. Thanks for joining us. The Land O'Lakes Something Greater podcast is delivered monthly via our Member Connections newsletter or on our website. Just go to landolakesinc.com, then click on Members at the top right. We're also available wherever you find your podcasts.